is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Team. Week 7 waiver wire. Should we spell that W-E-E-K or W-E-A-K 7 waiver wire? What do you think? I thought you were going to say, do we spell it W-A-V-E-R for waiver wire? Because a lot of fantasy owners are waving their seasons goodbye. Oh, oh Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I had Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham on the same team. Oh, how's what's your record? I'm one in five. Thank you very much. It's only got to get worse, buddy. Yeah. You're one in five before that? But I was one in three going in. I had some time. It's the IDP league that we're in. Mm. Just had some tough luck. Ran into some huge lineups and now i'm in big trouble well we're gonna help everybody including the one in five owners but the one in five owners should probably consider a little FanDuel. and if you go on fanduel.com and click the join now button and use our code cbs pod cbs pod you get free entry into the nfl sunday million with over a million dollars in cash prizes that's a great way to get started for free and a chance to win some money make your first deposit on fanduel use the code cbs pod and that's void where prohibited Oh, yeah, pretty fun game last night, huh? Yeah. Lots of kicks. Yeah. I, I will not lie, did not see the game. So I was at the Yankees game! Woo! They win? I guess they won. They won. It was awesome. It was great. Um, I didn't even know they were playing Houston. They're playing Houston, believe it or not. Yeah, they were playing, I, I thought they were still playing Cleveland. So I was mocking somebody about the <laughs> Yankees and I said, just for that, go Indians. And they were like, you idiots. They already beat the Indians. They actually came back to destroy the Indians. Bird. Like, oh, didn't even know. You got them, Dave. Care. Way to go. Uh, only two teams on by this week. The, you know, best offense ever, Houston and Detroit. So some very good fantasy players are on by this week. I'm going to ask you for your top waiver wire priority, waiver wire priorities, but we're going to do it a little bit differently today. Instead of asking you for your top three overall, I want your top three by position. I want to give some more names at the start of the show instead of making everybody wait 40 minutes before we get to the good stuff here. Um, but, you know, we'll expand, I think, a little bit later on these guys, a little bit more on these guys later in the show. Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks that you're looking at on the waiver wire this week? The first one is, uh, I, I think, probably consensus is uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, it sucks that he doesn't have a even a good receiving core, but I don't know if it matters against Tampa Bay. They've been so bad against opposing quarterbacks. And I think between the group of Nick O'Leary, Brandon Tate, Andre Holmes, Zay Jones, and certainly with Sean McCoy at the backfield, he will be able to get enough production there, plus what he'll do with his legs. He's been 21 fantasy points in each of his two home games. And again, the Bucks stink. He would be one. C.J. Beathard would be two, uh, which kind of shows you where the position's at. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the matchup for him against Dallas. They've been awful against quarterbacks of late. He looked okay. Uh, in replace of Brian Hoyer last week. They're going home after the three, three straight road games. So I like Beathard's situation. Plus, you could potentially get by with him long-term, as we've seen Hoyer have some big games of late. And then the third guy is more of a season, rest-of-season approach, as opposed to a week seven approach. It's Andy Dalton, just because he's 60% owned. And prior to their bye week, he was averaging 23 fantasy points a game since Bill Lazor took over. Wow, I guess that settles it. I'm going to have to trade for a quarterback. <laughs> To replace Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. And the thing with with uh, Dalton, Jamie mentioned this on a previous podcast. He goes, 
bad matchup, good matchup, bad matchup, good matchup, bad matchup, good matchup. It's like you you don't get a stretch where you're going to feel comfortable starting Dalton. Maybe you will. Maybe injuries change things. But this week at Pittsburgh, they give up the third fewest. Next week, Indianapolis, they give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Then Jacksonville, they're the best against quarterbacks. Then the Titans, they actually give up the third most. I'm sorry, Indianapolis gives up the fourth most. Then Denver, then Cleveland. You see how it goes. So for Jamie, it was Tyrod Taylor, C.J. Beathard, and Andy Dalton. I also want to throw Andrew Luck's name in there. He's 78% owned and hopefully back in a few weeks. Um, and you shot down this idea, Jamie, uh, of Trevor Simeon. Uh, off the air, I asked you what you thought about him. 51% owned or something like that, and he's got the Chargers. Uh, what do you, so you'd rather have, like, Beathard over Simeon? Yes. Dave? I don't want either one of them. No, I, nobody I, I does. guess I'll take the devil I don't know in Beathard than the one that I do with Simeon. Simeon without Emmanuel Sanders, by yeah, the way. Without Emmanuel Sanders. Right yeah, without Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, and uh Jordan Matthews. You know, you talk about Tyrod Taylor. There's a chance Matthews plays this week, right? It doesn't sound like it, but right. he's uh he's getting closer. He he was at practice catching passes one handed. He still has not been able to catch with the uh injured thumb. Okay. All right, Dave. Three running backs to prioritize this week. Darren McFadden still has to be number one. He's still available in over forty percent of CBS leagues and it, I, I think he's going to end up getting a meaningful role, if not the every down role, in place of Ezekiel Elliott. And I know that we don't know Zeke's situation and uh, that it's, he's definitely 100% going to be suspended. But I think it's starting to look that way. I, I think he's going to exhaust all these other ways in, in the courts, and I just don't think it's going to work out. So getting McFadden and then either flipping him for something that you need or keeping him if you need an insurance policy for – Ezekiel or any other running back, I think he's worth doing. That's well, number one. I, I will say, just to not to cut you off, but most people that are going to make their waiver claims are going to know Elliott's situation because it's going to be by four o'clock today. Hopefully, so you're going to know you're going to know by the time you put in your claims tonight if McFadden is worth it. Because, but, because if 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 Elliott plays this week, then it's not the same priority. You do you, really? So if he plays this week, but he could still be suspended, you don't go and get McFadden. It's not. It's just not that. Like I'm not going to. Right now, I, I would spend 50% of my $5 on McFadden if I'm going to get him for six games. If Elliott's playing this week, that goes to 20% most. But he could still play six games. It just might not start this week. It may, it may, and it may not start ever. So that's the thing I think you got to gauge is how much do you willing to buy in on I hear you. A, 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 a situation that we just don't know. I think it's fair to say that as of now, McFadden is number one. Orleans Darkwood oh, is number I, two I, for I think, me. I think he's still number one. But it could change. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, uh, the emphasis on it. Orleans Darkwood, number two. You gotta like the workload that he had against Denver. <laughs> and I actually thought that that Giants offensive line looked pretty good no, blocking whatever. for him. Whatever. You don't like it. No, I, 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 bitter, look, bitter Giants fan, your team got a win and this is how you react. I couldn't believe anything that happened in that game. It was, it was a ridiculous game. Yeah. But so. I, it doesn't mean that it's never going to happen again. And I think that Darkwood is going to get the big opportunity. Okay. Alex Collins is third. He's a little bit more of a long-term guy. I think the Ravens are eventually going to realize that Javoris Allen is Javoris Allen. He can do a lot of good things. Collins can do some great things, and he'll eventually um, be their running back. Yeah, now we're just kind of talking about players who are owned in 65% of leagues or less on CBS Sports, but you also have Derrick Henry, who's 80% owned. He was started in only 9% of leagues last night, had a massive game. You had Rob Kelly. He had a Kelly. massive run. He, yeah, but he got he had more work than more, a little more work, a little more work. Um, you have Rob Kelly, who's 69% owned. You've got Alfred Morris, who's 72% owned, although we're going to prioritize McFadden over him. 
So Dave gave you McFadden, Darkwa, and Alex Collins. There's also there's a lot. So I'm looking forward to talking more about this position. But there's also Deion Lewis and Matt Forte, and probably not Chris Ivory, but it's not the worst idea in the world. Uh, and Wendell Thomas Smallwood's 54 percent owned. So I didn't forget Thomas Roll. What did no, you I say? I know oh yes, I forgot. I forgot Thomas, Thomas Rawls. Should be the second guy added this week. Okay, Rawls we'll get to later. And uh, wide receivers, Jamie, give me three. I mean, the first one's John Brown. It's a, it's a very similar list to what we had last week. It's not exactly the best group of guys right now, uh, but it depends kind of what you need, I think, because if you're going for immediate need, John Brown and Nelson Aguilar should be the first two guys you're looking at. Brown's clearly been you know more involved the last three weeks and, and scored each of the last two games. Aguilar's got a pretty good you know a track record right now of the games where he's been seven or more targets. He's been successful in. And then if you just need for this week, the third guy I would say is Marquise Lee. He's been, you know, I know Hearns has scored the touchdowns since Robinson's gone down. But he's only scored twice. Lee has been the more targeted guy. He's been the more involved guy and certainly should be the, uh, uh, is, is the number one receiver for the Jaguars. But if you're looking long term, uh, the three I would say would be Marvin Jones because of the Golden Tate injury. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams because of the increased workload. At least that would be the hope. And Josh Doxson because it, it's, it's very evident that the other two guys are just not getting the job done. And I think you see what Doxon is capable of, uh, especially that he's the one getting red zone targets. So if they start to throw the ball a little bit more in the field um, and get him more involved, which is what Jay Gruden said yesterday, then I think you could see him really start to take off. He's kind of like the Alex Collins at wide receiver. He's the guy you get and you just sit on and you wait. Yeah, and so you mentioned short-term would be John Brown, Nelson Aguilar, Marquise Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Long term would be Marvin Jones, Mike Williams, Josh Doxson. Yeah, and flip those two. Doxson over Williams. Okay. Yeah, also Ted Ginn's interesting this week. He's got Green Bay, which we, we'll see the injury reports, but as of now, they're down four defensive backs. Love Willie Sneed this week. Willie Sneed. Okay, yep. all right. Slot receivers have destroyed, destroyed, destroyed mm-hmm. the Packers. Slot receivers have also destroyed uh, the Colts. Yeah, and that would be Marquise Lee's matchup. So And the Bucks. And the Bucks. And would love to get Jordan Matthews back for this game. What are you talking about? They have great slot receivers. Which would be who? I don't know. Nick O'Leary? Might be Tate. Yeah. Tate's my favorite Bills Bills receiver this week. But keep an eye on Nick O'Leary, the tight end there. He's a sleeper. Love Nick O'Leary. Yep. So, Dave, give me some tight ends for this week. Yeah, Nick O'Leary won't make this list, but he's still somebody that I think you can use as a streamer if you're desperate. Austin Hooper. Hoopa is my number one tight end, and I noticed that at Falcons games when he makes the catch, the crowd goes, "Ooh!" Oh, they should be doing the Hooper thing. What the Hoopa? Hoopa! It's so much better. Yeah, he didn't do that. He's caught twelve of his sixteen targets over the last two games. He's got the Patriots. I think this is a big time get right spot for all the the Falcons who have been disappointing you in fantasy through the first six weeks of the season. I've got Tyler Croft next, and I don't love it. But it's just how it is at tight end at this point. I like that he's caught 10 of his last 12 targets. He just had his bye week. We know Tyler Eifert's not coming back. Andy Dalton seems to like him. He had a two-touchdown game a couple weeks ago. He's somebody you can land on uh, this this week and, and consider kind of on a week-to-week thing. He's not my favorite streaming tight end. Hooper would be better. But Hooper's already owned in like 60-some-odd percent of leagues. Croft is out there in a ton of leagues. Zach Miller in Chicago is third. He caught a touchdown. It wasn't for Mitchell Trubisky. He only had two targets from Trubisky. But I think he's going to have a decent matchup against Carolina. And I think that's a game where they're going to have to throw more than they did last week against Baltimore. The Bears ran it over 50 times. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to throw it a lot more this week. And Zach Miller should see his targets go up. 
Yeah, the Bears and the Giants, understandably, took a very different approach than what we had seen on offense. You know, they, they maybe just gonna try to become like a running back by committee teams, teams and, and just pound the ball. Which is interesting. I mean, right. Well, I'm, if they run it 50 times, then I don't mind the committee. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you, so you went Hooper, Croft, and Miller. Okay. That's how I have it now. I might get talked into Miller over Croft. And I love Nick O'Leary this week. Not as much as Hooper. Bay. It's a good matchup. Yeah. Not gonna lie. He's my second favorite one behind Hooper. Yeah. After, but, the, after those two, would, I don't think it's a lot of Would close. you, would you stick with him? You as don't long see as him plays being, out? Yes. Really? You would? As long as plays out. Alright. That's, that, that offense has kind of showed itself what it is with those receivers. And you might be able to get Austin Sferian Jenkins. He's 75% owned. Evan Ingram is 78% owned. Uh, Jason Witten 75%. Hunter Henry 81%. So hopefully you can. And, uh, now would be a good time to trade for Jimmy Graham. <laughs> get the matchup. Oh yeah. Let's get the good matchup this week with the Giants. Um, does that scare you off Evan Ingram if he's out there? Like, would you go Hooper or Ingram? Ingram with the with uh, the Seahawks and Hooper with uh, the Patriots. I mean, look, In- Ingram is going to just see so many targets. He's like their so number one receiver. Hooper is. Uh, I, I think I have him back to back in my rankings. They're they're very close. Gotcha. Hooper just doesn't score. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Ingram one spot higher. Yeah. Now, do we expect Mohamed Sanu to play this week? Because that could actually that's hurt the Hooper. biggest thing. Because that's when Hooper's taken off is when Sanu's been out. Is when Sanu's yeah. been out. So. That, that's one thing that I, I would say. You still should take a chance on him because the Patriots are so bad against tight ends. But his ceiling gets lowered significantly if Snoop plays. The Patriots have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in five of six games. Jamie, how about some DSTs for the week? Not not the best week for streaming DSTs, but who could we look at? Uh, I completely disagree with you. I think it's a great week for streaming DSTs. Okay, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. You have the Bills against potentially Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they've played very well throughout the course of the season, so they play well at home. And, uh, I know I seem, I seem to mention this a lot, but, uh, John Beeson, um, mentioned this about Sean McDermott when they faced Carolina a couple weeks ago, and then they faced Atlanta, that McDermott knows the guys in that division, um, very well. Mm-hmm. And so he's probably going to know Jameis's tendencies if he plays, and certainly probably Dirk Cutter's tendencies as a coordinator. So I think the Bills are very good. It, it, you have to buy into the Saints defense and how they played against, uh, Brent Hundley, even though they're on the road. They're available in 96% of leagues, so go get them. They're a top 10 DST this week. Totally agree. Uh, the Giants, I mean, we've seen Russell Wilson struggle at times, certainly on the road. Um, you, you gotta buy into the way that they looked last week as well. No, you do? Defensively? Yeah. You don't? No, not. The pass I mean, rush turned around. Yeah, well, so Denver's right tackle is, is awful, and Joey Bosa could have a huge game this week. And Jason Pierre-Paul had three sacks. They should have given him more help. Uh, at right tackle. Well, I don't know, man. Giants were the worst team in football. You know, maybe the second worst team in football before Sunday night. I'm not sure how much has changed, but that's fine. I mean, look, the Bills at thirty. The Bills are a good enough defense where they, they shouldn't even be considered a streamer at this point. They're thirty six percent old. Well, they're on a buy, so everybody dropped them. Yeah, but, but thir- I think you look at the Dolphins. Their defense has been very good. Yeah, fourteen percent on the Jets. I mean, look, if you want to say buy into the team. It's not like the Dolphins' offense was fantastic against the Falcons, and and they. Barely scored against the Jets the first time these two teams met, and then the Titans get the Browns. All right, yeah, so there, good, good case. There are a lot of streaming defenses this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It just, I guess, some of the names of the defenses, like the Saint, you have to trust the Saints, you have to trust the Titans, you have to trust the Jets. You might have to. Well, trust you should the Jets. trust the Saints. They gave you your bonanza. 
13 sacks and seven interceptions in their last three games. How about that? Pretty good. Yeah, not bad at all for the New Orleans Saints. They did give me the bonanza. It is officially a bonanza, by the way. Uh, yeah, where do I go and buy these dumb jelly beans? I don't know. I think uh, we might have to do it online. I'm not sure. Uh, let's go to IDP. Dave, you got some IDP guys for uh, yeah. our IDP listeners? I do. Let's start with that Saints defense. Craig Robertson at linebacker got the start last week, had a huge game. Marshawn Lattimore has been playing outstanding, and he's falling into some good fantasy production. So I think he's someone that fantasy owners should go with. Adrian Amos, a defensive back with the Bears, has been putting up points each of his last three games. I think fantasy owners can buy into him. And uh, Janoris Jenkins somehow is 4% owned in CBS Sports Leagues, and he is a good cornerback. He had, a obviously, the pick six helped out his numbers last week. But he's put up some decent numbers along the way. I don't know if there's much of a strategy for IDP, but you know we play in an IDP league where you start ten, nine or ten defensive players, so a lot of guys, twelve team league. I sort of use defensive backs. I think they're kind of interchangeable. I usually target the guys who go against interception prone quarterbacks. Is that something you guys do? Sure, but I also I also like being around. I like getting players that have some sort of consistency. I only look at safeties. For Safe. defensive backs? Yeah. No, I think you're missing the boat. I think there's some cornerbacks that are good too. It's and it's not necessarily the best cornerback. It's so fluky. You want, oh, you want the bad cornerbacks because they're the ones, but right. Janoris Jenkins to me is not a good IDP player because you're, you're relying on him to get targets, which doesn't typically happen. Right. So, you want the tackles. Uh, you want to avoid the shutdown guys for sure. So like people go to Jalen Ramsey and they go to, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson because of their names, but they never do anything. Janoris Jenkins, last four games, this is in our yeah, IDP league. Week, so that well, for, forget that, because that was a huge number. It's 19. But before that, it was 7, 9, 5.5, and then you take away the pick 6, and then he had 11. That's it's good. Two for the interception, 6 for the touchdown. That's rare. It is rare, but at least he's giving a 7, 7 or more, 3 of his last 4. I'll take that. That's yeah. in a league where tackles count. I, I'd rather get a box safety where you're going to get those tackles, because those are the things that are going to carry you. Okay. All right. Keep an eye on that. Tackles are, you know, more predictable. So, yeah, that would be an early look at the waiver wire. We'll go a little bit more in depth later on in the show. Here's an email, email of the day from Michael from an island in the Pacific. It must be Fiji. Hmm, beautiful. Does the signing of Adrian Peterson put David Johnson's return in question? What does AP signing do to David Johnson's keeper status? His keeper status it does absolutely nothing for. And if anything, Adrian Peterson, if he keeps playing like this, then he's going to keep the Cardinals afloat, and it might interest them in bringing back David Johnson. Oh, they're bringing healthy. back David Johnson if he's healthy. Yeah, dude, if they're three and nine, they're not going to bring him back. But right now, they're in the thick of things, and their offense looked a lot better with Adrian Peterson chugging away. Sure. I and there's always the chance that AP doesn't make it to the time when David Johnson comes back from his. It's almost injury. like pass the baton because Johnson will be back, and. AP will be probably struggling at that point. Now he's been, he was great. He was ridiculous. Hopefully he stays at this level. It's hard to sustain. He's got a great matchup this week. So hopefully he does it another week. And, uh, Twitter poll. Yeah, it's okay. It's over. 5,382 votes. Despite Jamie's intentions to rig the election here, uh, hashtag Russia. Jamie (laughs) is, uh, Try to get everybody to vote no on the was Detroit New Orleans a successful bonanza, but yes, fifty six percent of the votes were yes, forty four no. You did you did well. You swung. I don't it. know where we went from though. Um, 
were you you saying that it was we were going to just kind of call this a, a a tie? I think I said I'd be willing to consider. I, I'd be willing to maybe call it a draw, but definitely not a loss. There were so many players that did terrible in the game, though. Yeah, man. but there really weren't so many. Well. There was just there were a bunch. Abdullah, Riddick. There are a lot of players in the game. I mean, that's Michael Thomas they, had three catches for eleven yards. Like I, I think if you're gonna go Breeze, Thomas, and Abdullah, those were the three guys that were started. I think close to seventy percent of leagues or more. Abdullah, I'd have to check on. Yeah, and they weren't great. Um, those guys were not great, but the score suggests that he got it right. Well, so I, I think. Look, if if if, <laughs> if we're gonna be technical, we lost. Yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna hold your hat on that, that's fine. I do. But just know that when we have a questionable situation moving forward, we will go the other way. Well, that, I'm not sure. So somebody gave us a suggestion to calculate the bonanza. Did you see this email? No. He assigned points to like if you get the number one wide receiver, you get five points. If you get a wide receiver in the top twelve. You get two points. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver in the top 24, you get one point. And you have to get a total of 10 points for the bonanza. It's pretty interesting. This was Matt McHugh. Uh, we, you know, we can talk about this on another show. But I'll, I'll forward you guys the email, the scoring system. I feel like the bonanza is one of those things where you, feel you it. know what it is when you see it. <laughs> That's how I felt, too. It's like uh, it's like obscenity. You know it when you see it. Um Alright, I, I, I felt like it was successful. So you guys gotta get those bean boozles. I think Thursday's gotta be the day, hopefully. If you can't get it by Thursdays, I want all of you on the show. If you can't get it by Thursday, we'll have to hold it off until next week. But, uh, I want you guys eating boogers before the end of the week. Injuries, news, and notes. So we could have more Ezekiel Elliott news this afternoon. The NFLPA has filed a request for a temporary restraining order to delay his six-game suspension. Uh, but like we said, McFadden, Alfred Morris, they are priorities. The next six games are at San Francisco, at Washington, Kansas City, at Atlanta, Philadelphia, and the Chargers. Aaron Rodgers had surgery. There's no timetable for his return, but you can definitely drop Aaron Rodgers, and you can try (laughs) to do it without crying. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Um, Aaron Jones played more than twice as many snaps as Ty Montgomery. Do you think that's something that would, would balance out as Montgomery's further removed from the injury? Yes. Okay. Especially this week where they're probably chasing points. And pass-catching running backs have done much better against the Saints. Leonard Fournette has a sprained ankle but is expected to play this week. But it's not a guarantee. They're at Indianapolis. Martavis Bryant denied requesting a trade. What do you think uh, (laughs) Martavis Bryant's ownership percentage should be? Uh, Low 80s. Okay. I was going to say mid-70s, like 75%. But his start percentage shouldn't be any higher than like five percent. I, I would love that weather, by the way. Low eighties, mid seventies. It's, it's winter up here. In the friggin' thirties today. You need a jacket, little lad. <laughs> I do. I yeah, do. Beautiful. Uh, Golden Tate could miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury. They're on a bye this week. Then they have Pittsburgh. Then at Green Bay. Then Cleveland. Then at Chicago. After the Pittsburgh games, pretty nice matchups for uh, the Lions. So that's why Marvin Jones is a great guy to add. Atlanta head coach Dan Quinn said Julio Jones needs more targets. I agree, Dan Quinn. Jameis Winston sprained his AC joint in his shoulder. Right now he is expected to play at Buffalo. Emmanuel Sanders left with an ankle injury. He won't play this week. He's week to week. Trevor Stimian is expected to start at the Chargers. 
Tyreek Hill's in the concussion protocol. They've got the short week. They're at Oakland on Thursday. I don't think he's in the concussion protocol. He's not in the concussion protocol. He actually was at practice on whatever their walkthrough was yesterday. Monday. Yeah. Really? Is a neck injury. Okay. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, CJ so Beathard. Ray, we've got Tyreek Hill this week. Now the starting quarterback for San Francisco. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Are you going to start Tyreek Hill this week? I might not have a choice. He's a uh, number two. Would you he's start like one. Ted Ginn or, or Tyreek Hill? Don't start Jordan Matthews. Well, maybe start him if he plays, but don't expect it. Dustin Hopkins is uh, out this week with a hip injury. Washington's kicker. Patrick Peterson. Uh, not out yet. I just read that this morning. I don't think he's expected to play. That is true. All right, Patrick Peterson left with a quad injury. He's they, expected. He's expected to play, okay. Uh, defensive tackle Xavier Williams left with a knee injury for Arizona. The Raiders signed Navarro Bowman. How interested are you in Bowman if he's available in IDP? Very. Okay. Kyle Shanahan denied the Carlos Hyde trade rumors. Teddy Bridgewater is <laughs> going to come off the pup list. The last time a coach soon. admitted to trade rumors. Yeah, we've been trying to move him. <laughs> Can't get any nibbles. Kansas City signed CJ Spiller. It's because Shark Kendrick West is dealing with a concussion and probably won't play. And tell me if you expect the following players this week. Bilal Powell. No. No. Terrence West. No. No. Orleans Dark was on the injury report. Yeah, I I hope he plays. Uh, Rob Kelly. He's getting close. Wendell. No, he's not expected. Wendell Smallwood. Same thing. Stefan Diggs. Not expected to play. Devontae Parker. Not yet. With Diggs and Parker, we gotta see just how much they practice this week. All right, Kenny Stills caught a touchdown last week for the Dolphins. Uh, Jeremy Macklin. No. No. Muhammad Sanu. Not as of now. Sterling Shepard. Also not as of no. now. All right, guys. You know, uh, we really need to talk more about MVMT, about movement watches. Beautiful stuff. We've got our, our movement watches. Uh, it's spelled MVMT watches. And the URL that you want to go to right now for a great deal for 15% off, a really sharp, not too flashy, just like a high-quality, minimalist watch. The URL is mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. That is mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. Now, the first time I went to the website, I think we all were in the same boat. We were looking. I had so much trouble deciding which watch to buy because I liked so many of them, and I narrowed it down to about eight watches that I really liked, all at a great price, even without the 15% discount. I had asked like five people. It was a lot of fun actually just shopping for the watch. I finally got the watch, and I love it. I get compliments all the time. And and really, I've never been a watch guy before. They're very expensive, but not movement watches. They start at just $95. You're not going to believe what kind of watch you can get for such great prices. So, look, we really do love our movement watches. Become a watch guy. You're going to love it too. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball for 15% off and free shipping and free returns. Not a lot of risk here. Step up your watch game, mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. Join the movement. Thoughts on Sunday night, Giants-Broncos. Thoughts on Monday night, Titans-Colts. And then on to the dropometer and the waiver wire. What do you think about the Giants beating the Broncos 23-10? to uh, I think it was a great defensive performance by the Giants. And it was boring, 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 and more boring. <laughs> it was frustrating yeah. for the Broncos running back situation. Terrible. Because you would have thought the way that the Giants have defended the run since Olivier Vernon's been banged up, 
Ben Anderson would have had a big day, and he did not. He couldn't really get going, and he didn't get much of a chance to get going. Yep, because he only had nine carries. No, this would be a big bounce back game for him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CJ Anderson had eight carries at Buffalo in week three, and then he had 20 the next day, the next week. Uh, so yes, let's get him a big workload against one of the worst run defenses. Great game for Demarius Thomas. I actually, I thought Jenkins covered him fairly well, and Thomas made some really good plays. Mm-hmm. Ten catches for 133 yards and a fumble on 14 targets. And it's then, yeah. Banged up. He is banged up, um, but he played through it. And then, of, oh, of course, it wasn't A.J. Derby. It was Jeff Hireman, but a tight end did catch a touchdown. Yeah. They were both standing in the end zone next to each other. Right, and Derby was targeted earlier in the drive in the end zone. Benny Fowler, who was my big sneaky sleeper, had a couple of targets near and in the end zone. He played a ton. I would imagine he's going to keep playing now that Sanders is out, too. Yep. I'm going to save the dark we'll talk until we get to the running backs, but I do think he's pretty interesting. He's only 9% owned. They have Seattle this week, and then they have a bye. And then the Rams. So, look, I, I thought that this was a brutal matchup for the Giants running backs. We all did. And he ran for 117 yards on 21 carries. But it yep, doesn't... They, they, they stuffed four Pro Bowl running backs prior to this, and then they couldn't stop Orleans Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott had less than 10 yards against the, the Bron- I don't know what happened. Like, the Broncos just took it for granted or something. It was, it was a bad game for them. This game, though, Tennessee 36, Indianapolis 22 was, uh, was an exciting finish. Following uh, along, and I, I DVR'd it, so actually I'm probably going to watch the fourth quarters. Looking yeah, save yourself some time. Well, the fourth quarter was good, no? Yeah, it was all right. All right. So Brissett had 15 fantasy points, but Mariota is really much more relevant here. What do you think about Mariota? 16 fantasy points, but not leaving the pocket, not running. It's Running is not a huge part of his game, like in terms of rushing yards and touchdowns. He's had... I think four rushing touchdowns over the last two years. He averages about 22 rushing yards per game over the last two years. But obviously his mobility is important for him. So can Marcus Mariota survive and be a, be a number one quarterback in fantasy if he's playing hurt? I think at this point you're just taking it week to week, and he's absolutely going to be a number one quarterback this week, or has the potential to. He's so, playing at Cleveland. If he's not, then something's gone wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think at this point you just kind of have to hope that he's healthy. Hope that uh, he doesn't have a setback with the hamstring problem. And if if you do want to be encouraged by it, that when he does get healthy, the running will start to creep up again, that he just threw for 300 yards in the game where he came back from a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So, he, had, he had season highs in completion percentage, and he almost he, – that was the only season high. He almost had a season high in yards per attempt. He fell four one-hundredths of a yard shy of that. And, and the other part of it would be is that hopefully Corey Davis is back soon. You know what that guy could potentially be when he's on the field. So I I think you're just looking at somebody that if you're the Rodgers owner and Mariota was probably on a lot of people's benches, if you could buy him low, buy him low. That's one guy to go and buy low. Here's my favorite Mariota stat. He's been sacked three times this year. Wow. Well, Yeah, I mean, he missed a game and a half, but still, that's really impressive. So at Cleveland, which should be great for him, and then a bye, and then hopefully after that bye, he's healthy. Unfortunately, it gets the schedule gets kind of tough after the bye. But, you know, he's a good quarterback, Mariota. What do you guys make of the Titans running backs right now? Murray and, and Henry both getting similar workloads, both scoring. Henry does have the better game. But um, actually, he had seven more carries than Murray. They got similar snap counts. What do you think? They're making a big deal about his – he kept getting stretched on the sideline. Um that he might have been playing through some sort of hamstring injury. So that's something you definitely want to keep an eye on. Which guy? Murray. Murray, okay. 
Um, but like Dave said, you know, it's not, you don't want to buy into Henry's big run at the end there. You, what you would buy into with Henry is the workload. So a lot of people have been dropping Henry, certainly in 10 team leagues, um, which is why you see his ownership down to 80% because he was a 100% guy clearly coming out of the draft. And if in fact there is a time you want to use him, this is one of those weeks. I don't think he's a must start guy because he's still going to be sharing touches with Murray and we've fallen into this trap before when we've seen backup running backs not produce even in games where you think they're going to blow the other team out. But, if you are stuck, this could be one of those scenarios, just because Cleveland's not very good. I know they've been been okay against the run, but uh, this is a, an offensive line that will wear them down. And if the Titans' offense does what it's capable of doing and the defense does what it's capable of doing, in the fourth quarter you could see a similar type situation with Henry where he's you know, trying to salt the game away and then he busts one through and, and scores. Yeah, it's here's what I'm looking at. is two weeks ago against Miami, DeMarco Murray had 55 snaps. Derrick Henry had 11. Yesterday against Indianapolis, they both had 39 snaps. That's according to Pro Football Focus. But this is what they said coming into the week, though, was was that they were going to start to get, use them more. Him so they're following through. It's nice when a coaching staff doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have mixed mixed results with that kind of stuff. Marlon Mack didn't get more work. You know, what do you have? Two carries. That's true. Yeah, but that also I think could be you know game flow is that they they don't trust him in pass protection yet. And he's had a lot of, you know, you, you talk about this a lot, Adam. I don't know with Marlon Mack if you said it, but you know, when guys are trying to hit the home run, mm-hmm. he he does a lot of that. Oh, well that's that's the Tariq Cohn playbook. But but I think they had plenty of opportunities, I and mean, this was a close game. They had plenty of opportunities to give Marlon Mack more work, and they said they were going to, and they didn't. It had two damn carries, and you just can't Do trust. We know it. if he got hurt. Same no, thing with Matt Breida. Yeah, yeah. Turbin got hurt, so if you want to look at something with with Mack moving forward, that could be something. Yeah, Turbin hurt his elbow. Uh okay, so the tight you'd rather have Murray rest of season than Henry, I assume. It's close, but yes. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, if I have both, I'm still starting Murray this week, and I think Murray's still a number two running back because what he does in the pass game, you know, don't overlook that. You know, he he had four catches, 47 yards, he had a ton of targets in the game, and with uh with how Mariota's operating right now, you know, he's not escaping. So what is he going to do? He's going to check down, and so that's going to be where you see it, it worked in Eric Decker's favor. It certainly worked in Murray's favor. Yeah, that was that was nice. This six catches in Murray's first four games, but now two straight games with four catches, so eight in the right. last. Right, that, that separates him a little bit from from Henry. Carlos Hyde or Demarco Murray rest of season. Uh, Hyde. I would go with Hyde. C.J. Anderson or Demarco Murray. Anderson. Anderson. Okay. Demarco Murray or Fanduel. Fanduel. Yeah, Fan. definitely Fanduel. Sign up right now on Fanduel.com. Use our promo code CBSPOD. Do it. Go. Not a bad fan to a week for me. How'd you guys do? I did not succeed. Um, I haven't checked. Okay, well, I I did well. I cashed in my 50-50. Two in a row. Four out of five. All right, I'm feeling it. I really think You're that— You're feeling it. I'm feeling it, but I never had a better fan to a lineup. Uh, I, I do think that by listening to this podcast, you're going to have a good chance to win money on FanDuel. You're going to have an edge on the competition. FanDuel is all about matchups. It's about finding the best bargains. You're given a fake salary cap. Every player has a dollar value. You fit the best lineup in your budget. And finding those hidden gems, that's the fun part. I love that part. Winning money is not the best part for me, honestly. I don't really care about the money. Some people do, and that's great. I just love the thrill of playing fantasy football. So whether you're in it for the cash or just in it to play more— uh, I mean, my brother-in-law plays for like a dollar every week, and he just loves playing. You know, he doesn't have time for seasonal, so he just plays a FanDuel lineup every week. Uh, it's a great way to not have to worry about injuries or bye weeks. Play on FanDuel, win some cash, have some fun, play some more fantasy football. And if you sign up, make sure you use the promo code CBSPOD 
for free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, over a million dollars in cash prizes. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Time for the drop meter Not sure what that was all about. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but it is time for the drop meter Okay, Sammy Watkins, 0 to 10. Oh, God, like seven. I, I want to, and I know I said that Peterson is expected to play. If Peterson is out, and I originally, Adam, you know, I sent you notes, I had Watkins in there. But if he's out, and they're rolling out, you know, they're talking about benching Justin Bethel, which is the smart thing to do. But if they have to play him, then wherever that guy lines up, Jared Goff has to attack. Has to. Oh, good. So that means a big week for Sammy. He's going to get like 50 yards. <laughs> or he could have the 100-yard touchdown game that he's already had once ridiculous. a year. Don't be ridiculous. I, I think if you just want to hold him through the end of the week to see what happens. If you want to drop somebody on Saturday, he could be somebody you drop. But hold him for now. So I'll say three right now, ten by Saturday if Peterson I, plays. I, I would say he's not a must-drop. If you need the roster spot, though, he's probably one of the first guys you go Oh, I, if you told me Peterson was healthy, I, he's dropped now. Mm-hmm. No, no question. I'm just gonna say, like, is Robert Woods better than Sammy Watkins? He is this week. Yeah, we haven't mentioned if, Robert if Woods. Peterson plays. Yeah, and even w- if Peterson doesn't, Woods leads the team in targets. Watkins yeah, is tied I mean, for look, fourth. You, you, you take the six or seven points compared to the zero. Right. I'm not sure Woods is gonna score a touchdown. He hasn't done that yet. But, but uh, yeah, like I said, leads leads the team in they have er- the same amount of hundred yard games, and it happened in the same game. He leads the team in every receiving category except for catches. He's one behind Todd Gurley. But Robert Woods is their leading receiver. It's uh, surprising. Okay, uh, same team. Cooper Cup in a ten team league. How droppable is Cooper Cup? Is it PPR or non PPR? Because I think he's still got value in PPR. So I'll say five in PPR and eight in non PPR. I'll say uh, seven in both. And that's tailored to a ten team league, or that's for everything? A- any league, mm-hmm. fourteen okay. league team league, you're gonna keep him, but he's cuttable. Andre Ellington, zero. Oh, I might cut him in a non PPR league now. I'm yeah. like an eight in a non PPR and a two in a PPR for now. Corey Davis. Uh, I mean, look, there's a report of him coming back soon. So at this point, if you've been holding him, you hold him. He could be back week nine when they come out of the bye against Baltimore. Mm, that's two more weeks, though. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's it's in the same conversation as Sammy Watkins. How badly do you need the roster spot? Mm-hmm, that's Corey Davis. And uh, I'll tell you what, if I'm if I've got a nice winning record and I've got good receivers, I'm dumping Sammy Watkins in a heartbeat for Corey Davis. Okay. From Michael Foster, I dropped Terrell Pryor for a rotten egg bean boozle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pryor's getting close. All right, where is Pryor? If, if Watkins is like a seven, what's Pryor? Uh, a seven. Yeah. And they just, I, I can't I can't argue against it anymore. Cousins has just been doing a great job of. Using all of his guys, and Chris Thompson's been the best one. And you know, we still have, we Jordan Reed stinks. Yep. Crowder stinks. Yep. Pryor stinks. Yep. Doxson's got promise, but he's just not consistent. So, it's tough. Okay, how about uh, Gilly Boy and Beast Mode in PPR? A lot of nicknames. I would say both are no. Gillisley is like a six, and Marshawn is like a four. Okay. I mean, you still need to start running backs. They might not be the most ideal guys, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I would say not cutting them. 
Gillespie in a 10-team league, you cut. Certainly PPR league. Lynch, no. Bilal Powell. Uh, I wouldn't cut him. Zero. He's a three or four. I mean, again, you know, if you need the roster spot, who knows when he's going to play again. Calf injuries, soft tissues, they tend to linger. And look, before before Forte went down, he was terrible. Yeah, he hadn't done much. Yeah, no, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, all right. I dropped him last week. No, and, don't worry about getting, not getting. Uh, he might. That's a deep league, but, uh, okay. On the waiver wire, let's go to quarterbacks. So you're going to be without Rodgers, probably not Winston, but, uh, maybe Winston, maybe Simeon. Both those guys look like they're going to play. As I mentioned, Andrew Luck is 78% owned, so he could be available. Not a bad time to get him. Tyrod Taylor is the head of the class. For sure. And C.J. Beathard, Jamie has number two. Andy Dalton, more long-term than this week, because Pittsburgh's been very good against quarterbacks. And look, they hadn't played anybody. And the best guy they've faced is, is Alex Smith. But still, we think the, we think they have a good defense. Uh, so it's, it's Taylor, it's Beathard against Dallas. It's Andy Dalton. It's Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff is facing Arizona. They do allow the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Kind of interesting. And they, and maybe we need to t- pay more attention to this because especially if Peterson's banged up. Should golf be a little higher, Jamie? What do you think? If Peterson's banged up, then yes. But, again, he's expected to play. So I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth with this because not drop Watkins because he's expected to play, but hold on to Watkins because he may be out. But he still has a chance that he he may not play. But in terms of golf, look, he's uh, when he's had favorable matchups, you know, the Dallas game being the last one, 22 fantasy points. He had the 28-point game the week before that against San Francisco. Favorable matchup. Uh, but we've also seen him, you know, lean on their run game when they've had the chance to. And Arizona's run defense has been good more times than not. But this is still, I think, what the Rams want to be, which is run the ball, throw when they have to. And Goff is still more of a number two quarterback. I, I would start Beathard this week over Goff, but they're very close. He but, hasn't had a completion percentage higher than 58% in his last three games, which is crazy because he started the season with two games over 70%. Yeah. So I, I'm... I'm not sure what's really changing there. Well, let me just say this: like, not doing great. If I'm, you know, I'm, I myself, Adam Azer, more, more of the everyday average Joe fantasy player. I, I can't. Average Joe fantasy player is going to have a tough time starting C.J. Beathard. You know, if I see a guy who's at least done something, Jared Goff. If anybody drops Roethlisberger. I'd be on that over over C.J. Beathard. Oh, I, I agree with that, but I I think at at some point, look, and and we fell victim to this, uh, you know, I I think as a group, uh, with Kevin Hogan, you know, buying into garbage time production and potential good matchup, and Beathard. The the thing I think with Beathard is twofold. One, you've seen Brian Hoyer put up some good stats, so there could be some potential long term appeal here because of what Kyle Shanahan has done, and the other part of it is. Dallas is not very good defensively. They've, they're, they're getting healthier. They're getting better. You could buy into that. Uh, but I, I think you're just talking about a guy that's – none of these guys are, outside of Taylor are number one quarterbacks. Like Taylor, I think you could consider number one guy because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they're all number two dart throws. None of them are – these are these are Rodgers replacements in a two-quarterback league. Like, like Dave said, you know, they're not finding somebody off waivers that's going to help you replace Aaron Rodgers. Again, maybe Tyrod because – of who he's facing this week and then what the schedule is moving forward. Yeah, Tyrod and, and last year Tyrod Taylor threw 17 touchdown passes and 12 of them came at home. And we've already outlined that he's been good in two home games. And this three year. of his next four are at home. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. So Tampa Bay, Oakland, then at the Jets, then New Orleans. Actually, it's not bad for Tyrod right. Taylor. I, I guess, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to belabor this, but I, like, I would be of the mind to start Trevor Simeon over Bethard. Just because I feel like I can get 15 points from Simeon. And I might get three from Bethard. I'm, I'm yeah, worried but that really, Bethard, what has Simeon done since the second week? He's of the just season? he'll give me 15 points. I'm not expecting much. I just I'm I'm con- very concerned that Bethard is just awful. I think if you're forced to start one of those guys and pretty much any quarterback that we've named, you're not trying hard enough to make a trade. Yeah, and there's only two quarterbacks on by, so let's let's hope you're starting the guy you drafted and you don't have Aaron Rodgers. That would be bad. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of intrigued by Brett Hundley. He sure does have good weapons. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if Ty Montgomery catches that touchdown, which he should have, mm-hmm. it's not as ugly a stat line as it as it came away with. Yeah, I think he's a good game manager. Uh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is amazing, and then you've got your great quarterbacks, and then you've got good quarterbacks. I think Hundley will be close to good, and I think a good week for him could be 18 fantasy points. Maybe Josh McCown gets you. 15, 16 fantasy points doesn't kill you this week at the Dolphins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, he was 15 the last time that they faced each other. And he scored 17 or more, I think, in three of his last four. Well, I think we should focus more on the running backs. This is a really interesting group. So, okay, McFadden, yeah, absolutely. Now, Rob Kelly, he's out there in 31% of leagues. Would you rather pick up Rob Kelly or Darren McFadden? I think McFadden's got a little more sizzle to him now. Again. And I think you can trade him now to help your team. If if 4 o'clock comes and Ezekiel Elliott is not suspended, I'm picking up Rob Kelly. As of we're talking right now, I'm picking up Darren McFadden. Gotcha. What about Rob Kelly or Alfred Morris? Kelly. It's the same thing. Okay. So other guys to consider, Thomas Rawls and or Eddie Lacy. They faced the Giants this week who up until the Denver game did not do well against running backs. Um, Rawls is 56% owned. Lacey's 34% owned. Arlen's Darkwa is 9% owned. I guess we don't really need Wayne Gallman at this point. No. You can stash him in deeper leagues. Alex Collins, 15 carries for 74 yards after 12 carries for 55. He's not catching any passes, but he's getting more and more work. And Collins is averaging 6.4 yards per carry. And, and in that, he's actually faced some pretty good run defenses. He does better when the matchup's worse. Um, and the matchup's pretty awful this week. Uh, am I wrong? Minnesota. They're Minnesota this week? Yeah. Minnesota gives up the second fewest points. Then the Dolphins go up the seventh yeah, this, fewest. This game sets up as more of a Javoris Allen game. Okay. Oh, I'm not picking up Alex Collins to start him this week. No, it's Dashkin. This is a guy I'm sitting on. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been saying this for three weeks now. That you should have been sitting on. Yeah. Uh, it's time to talk about Deion Lewis, guys. 21% owned. You know? Maybe, maybe you're gonna start taking over as a lead back there. What do you think, Deion Lewis? He was, he's, well, he's been a starter, um, I, I think for the last three weeks. So it's not like they they haven't been trying to get him touches early. It's just he hasn't gotten the the touches that you typically look for. Like I like James White a lot this week. I think he's their best running back um, against the Falcons. But Lewis is second, and if Gillisley can't get the job done, and now he's fumbling. You know, he talked about it. He's like, I can't put the ball on the ground on this team. And you saw the result. He was benched until the end of the game. So, I thought it was amazing he even came back I, in. I totally agree. So, But I, the reason why I think he did is because I think the Patriots are scared to overuse Deion Lewis. As they should. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a 15-plus carry guy. But in the 8 to 12 touches that he may get, 
in a game like this where he can be a dual threat. Look, he's 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 their closest thing right now with Burkhead banged up to a dual threat guy. He never because catches Gilsey passes, catch the ball, and they don't want to use White between the tackles. But they never so. throw to Deion Lewis. That's the weird thing. We know he to. can catch. I, I know. We know he can catch passes. I mean, personally, I think he's a really good player. I think he is too, but I also think he's a real brittle player. Yeah, that's there's no question about that. So you guys would rather have Alex Collins or Deion Lewis? Collins. I would rather have Lewis for this week. I would rather have Collins as a better stash candidate. Who's better this week, Deion Lewis or Matt Forte? I feel like Forte is safer. Lewis is better this week uh, in standard leagues. Forte is better in PPR. I'm just going to read the names again. The owned in 65% of leagues or less list is McFadden, Rawls, Darkwa, Alex Collins. Eddie Lacy's in this mix too. Uh, Alex Collins, Deion Lewis, Matt Forte, and then Chris Ivory, which is insurance for Leonard Fournette, Deontay Foreman, Wendell Smallwood, and that's where I wanted to go, Jamie. Wendell Smallwood, he's like ninth or something on this list. Um, kind of a kind of a drop for him. How come he's behind, you know, Chris Ivory, Deontay Foreman, Smallwood? I, I think just with the thought that he's not going to return. If he's back, then he goes up ahead of these guys. Okay. And maybe I'll I'll move him ahead of these guys, but we just don't know when he's going to play. Ahead of who? Who would you move Smallwood ahead of if he were healthy? Oh, I'd put him ahead of Foreman. I would put him ahead of. He might be second best. Not for me. Rawls is second best. Easy. Um, I think uh, he would be ahead of Ivory. He'd be behind Forte. Can Can I just ask a question? What do you see in Thomas Rawls that makes you so confident in him being if helpful he's, for fans? If he's the guy and he had the shake off the rust game last time they played in through their bye week, the one they used on passing downs, played more than Eddie Lacy, he makes the most sense to be their starter. If Chris Carson, I don't think, emerged, Thomas Rawls would be somebody we'd be considering a must-start guy at this point. Dave, what do you disagree with there? I think he's I think he's not that good. I think the Seahawks are going to mix and match their running backs. I think their offensive line is in terrible shape. And I'm not at all excited. Okay. And I can not hide it. <laughs> but I'm not going to lose any control. Uh, we've got Matt Breida, still not a bad stash candidate. And nope. Samaje Pirine, who caught a touchdown. That yes, week, we all knew that. Would right. <laughs> that was like week one with Jonathan Stewart caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirine did ca- catch a touchdown, but he had a lot fewer carries than uh, Thompson. And he is now, I think he's below three yards per carry. He's around three yards per carry this year. At if you need two yards, he can get you two, not two yards. If you need three yards, he'll get you two yards. <laughs> Philadelphia's got a really good run defense, too. So, yep. Can't wait for that game. Big one on Monday night. Uh, alright, so again, I'm just gonna read the names just so y'all, y'all have it. In shallower leagues, Alfred Morris, Marlon Mack, Derek Henry, Rob Kelly, Andre Ellington. These are guys that make sense to be on your team. Doesn't mean they should be added ahead of Darren McFadden. Um, but McFadden is in shallower leagues. He's 58% owned, or in deeper leagues, rather. Not, not super deep, but deeper than the other guys I mentioned. Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, Darkwa, Alex Collins, Dion Lewis, Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, Deontay Foreman, Wendell Smallwood, Matt Breida, Samaje Pirine. Who's got the best long-term potential? Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys guys out of this mix because we know what their situation is. But between the Seahawks, the Giants, the Ravens, and everybody should really remember how frustrating the Ravens were last year when they kept, you know, they couldn't get a clear answer. Who's the best guy, Terrence West or, um, oh, gosh, the rookie from last year? Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon. 
You know, every week it seemed like we changed our answer. That was frustrating. And that's already happened the last two weeks between Allen and Collins. But Deion Lewis, Forte, anyway, best long-term potential guys on the waiver wire this week. Thomas Rawls. Smallwood. Okay. Yeah, Thomas Rawls is the only one on this list that projects to be a starter with a heavy workload. Wait a minute. What about Orleans Darkwa? Could be. I just don't I'm think I'm changing my answer to Darkwa. I don't think it's sustainable with Darkwa, so. Oh, but Thomas Rawls is definitely going to last the rest of the season. No, but there's more potential for him. Okay. Potential to stink. <laughs> well, let's be fair. They both have a lot of potential to stink. They both they, <laughs> they both do have a lot of potential to stink, but I'm not chasing box scores. That's simply how he ends up losing. Oh, so Darkwa, I mean, look, the the Giants, They, as we mentioned, they changed their offensive. They changed their play caller. They changed their offensive line. It worked. We'll see if it happens again. Yeah, it worked for one game. They looked really, really good. Wide receivers. Okay, we've got John Brown, number one. The way we talked about it earlier in the show was for this week, John Brown, Nelson Aguilar, and Marquise Lee are the top three priorities for Jamie. John Brown, Nelson Aguilar, and Marquise Lee. Long term, it's Marvin Jones, Josh Doxson, and Mike Williams. Other players you could consider would be Kenny Stills facing the Jets if Devontae Parker doesn't play. Ted Ginn and even Willie Sneed if he gets dropped at Green Bay. Green Bay's so banged up. Mike Wallace was a major flop last week. Three catches for 30 yards against the Bears, but, you know, at Minnesota, revenge game. Uh Yeah, I mean, that's not a good matchup. Jordan Matthews, if he plays, would be, I think, really appealing, but you don't have to use waivers on him. Right, Jordan Matthews? No. Robert Woods is interesting. Ten catches for 133 yards on 15 targets in his last two games. And those games came against Jacksonville and Seattle. And he's got Arizona this week, Robert Woods. He's 6% owned. Taylor Gabriel at New England. Wide receivers kill New England. Robbie Anderson, Jeremy Curley, Jermaine Curse. They all had good games. Don't drop Matt Ryan, by the way. This is like, no, Matt Ryan's our start of the week this week. Oh, nice. You know, this is, this reminds me of when we were talking about Deshaun Jackson. He had a bad game going into the game against New England. And we said, no, don't drop Deshaun Jackson. You're going to want him against New England. And, uh, he had a good game. Benny Fowler, deeper leagues, Benny Fowler, Robbie Anderson, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I said a lot of names there. John Brown, Aguilar, Marvin Jones, Marquise Lee, Mike Williams, Josh Doxson, Kenny Stills, Ted Ginn, Mike Wallace, Jordan Matthews, Robert Woods, Taylor Gabriel, Benny Fowler, Robbie Anderson, Juju Smith-Schuster. I know you can't remember all those names. That's why you got to go to CBSSports.com and read the waiver wire column. But, Dave, do you want to weigh in? Let me ask you this question. Best long-term potential among the waiver wire wide receivers? I think it's Doxon. Just because there isn't a standout number one receiver in Washington, and he could potentially fill that role. More so than John Brown? More so than John Brown. Nelson Aguilar has been really, really good. Four touchdowns yes, in six games. It, it, it's not an easy call saying Doxon ahead of John Brown and Nelson Aguilar. No, I was just pivoting to a separate Nelson Aguilar conversation. How much do you buy his production? I buy it. He's playing a lot. He's getting a good amount of targets. I think he could get consistent really quick. Alshon Jeffries catching 50% of his targets right now. And he's just not playing great. Aguilar is. This is one of the more interesting ones also because you have the Josh Norman injury. If Norman plays, Aguilar looks much better because Breland's out. If Norman's out, both guys look great 
but Aguilar plays mostly in the slot. So I don't even yeah, know if Breland would be it, it just, would it's, move in it's there just anyway. shifting their guys around. I just like yeah. the fact that he gets targets outside of the red zone and then finds a way to score. He's done it a few times already this season. Yeah, that's tough to bank on though. That's that's tough. I to agree, sustain. but he's been doing it. Actually, you know what? Let me look up uh, his red zone targets. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. Let's go to let's go to tight ends. Tight ends, everybody. Okay, we've got Ryan Griffin and Eric Ebron on a bye. Ouch. We've got Charles Clay still banged Did you up. Hurt yourself? No, I'm just upset. You know, Ryan Griffin and Eric Ebron on a bye. Did it sound oh. too real? Yeah, I thought you legitimately like got a paper cut or something. Mm. You know, I have a degree in theater arts, Dave. So put it to good use there. Uh, you know, the most demeaning thing I ever had. Uh, you know, forget it. Oh no, 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 no. No, we it's it because because it's not that good of a story. But it's just a stupid theater exercise I had to do one time in like an acting. Did you class. really major in theater arts? It was my second major. Yeah. You know how what it is. What was your first major? Broadcast journalism. Nelson Aguilar has five red zone targets. It's actually not that bad. He has four inside the ten, which is actually pretty solid. That's actually, that's actually very good. Four targets. Can you imagine Adam doing Shakespeare in the park? <laughs> I was not an actor. So here are your tight ends. Hoopa! What'd you go into theater arts for? Like set design? I sold tickets at the box office. I, I majored in like the business side. <laughs> D- okay, Dave, yeah. you had to have a second major if you were a communications major at Miami, and so I. Picked... I, I know I went there. Yes, I, I picked had, the easiest I one. I was a communications major myself. I picked the easiest one. What was your second major? Creative writing. Uh, that's that 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 actually is probably more useful for you than theater was for me. So way to take it seriously. All right, Hoopa number one. Um, would you rather have Witten or Hooper this week? Hooper. Okay. Nick O'Leary, number two for Jamie. Not quite for Dave, but we, but we all see the appeal of Nick O'Leary, who had five catches for 54 yards on six targets in week five. And Tampa Bay has, um, allowed was, a touchdown. That was in three quarters, too. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. So Tampa Bay has allowed a touchdown to a tight end in two of their last three games. And, uh, okay. We got George Kittle, who nearly scored for his second straight game. He's facing Dallas. Zach Miller. Ed Dixon, and Greg Olson, not a bad time to stash him, by the way. Vernon Davis, maybe. You never know. Tyler Croft, Dave likes more than Jamie does. And John U. Smith. That's more of a rest of season pick. Okay. John U. Smith, Tennessee's other tight end at Cleveland. So don't drop Delaney Walker, by the way, for this week. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say here. It's not a great list, but I think we should throw Jack Doyle on there, guys, actually. What do you think about him this week facing Jacksonville? They allow the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends. Doyle had set, had seven catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets last night. I just don't want to trust him yet until Luck's back. So if you want to stash him, sure. Okay, stash Jack Doyle. And uh, what about Martellus Bennett this week? Would you drop Bennett for Hooper? Would you drop Bennett for O'Leary, for Kittle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bennett. He was already crapola with Aaron <laughs> yeah. Rodgers. How is it going to turn around with no. Nick Hundley? No, it's it's a good point. Brett Hundley. Who's Nick Hundley? Is that a baseball player? Yes, Nick Hundley is like a catcher. He was a catcher for the Padres. I don't know where that came from. You're all about big Yankees Padres Indians. catchers, apparently. Big Yankees Indians game tonight, Dave. Can't wait. Game eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we talked about basically every DST streamer, but the Bills... The Saints, Giants, Dolphins, Jets, Titans. What about the Rams? Anybody like the Rams this week against Arizona? They're okay. 
58% owned. They're, they're playing better. They're playing better. After they gave up that 75-yard touchdown to Fournette, they shut down the Jags. Dave, you have a That's favorite exactly. this week? What's up? You have a favorite DST? Saints. Saints over Bills? Randy Hunley. <laughs> over the Bills? Yeah, over the Bills. Okay. And emails. Do a few here. From Alex in Texas. The Aaron Rodgers owner is in first place. I offered him, he doesn't have a quarterback. I offered him Mariota and Delaney Walker for Travis Kelsey. He didn't bite, but he made the mistake of saying he's gonna get Carson Palmer off waivers. Needless to say, I'm gonna get Palmer out of spite. Should I try to get more? I don't know what that means. In trade? Yeah. All's fair in love and war. Yeah, get, get Palmer. Right, and then make him another trade offer, yeah. Yes. By the way, I don't know that I wouldn't have done that trade if I was – well, if you think you can get Palmer, then, yeah, it's fine to keep Kelsey. But after that, I would probably trade um, Kelsey for Mariota, basically, and Walker. You have to, right? I mean, for the Rodgers owner? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what we got here. This is from email? Will in Fort Mill, South Carolina. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Dear Sally, Jesse, and Raphael – very funny. PPR League, I own C.J. Anderson. Who should I target in trade if I want to trade C.J. Anderson before he loses targets, loses touches, or gets hurt? I'd say I, I'd say not anyone, but I'd aim high with C.J. Anderson. It's just hard coming off the game that you just had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should definitely bounce back this week, and then you might want to make that trade offer. All right, that's it. We'll try to read more emails tomorrow. We'll do some buy low, sell high. This has been your Waiver Wire show. Good luck waiver wiring, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.